To Tenet Men. I am your host Steve and I am joined by Kevin and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high concept time travel film Tenet. We are doing a minute by minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you Kevin? I'm good. I wanted to wish you a Merry Oppenheimer Eve. It is, yes. <laughs> Oppenheimer Eve, indeed. Yes. It is Thursday, July 20th. We never give out the dates of when we record. It is Thursday, July 20th. No. <laughs> uh, for those lucky enough to get Thursday showings, you could be seeing this movie this evening. Uh, yes, that, that will like, be me. I'll be there with maybe a select few of you. <laughs> for uh, for the plebs like myself. <laughs> yeah. I will, uh, I'm not getting out until Saturday morning to see it, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm excited. I am excited. Yeah, this is also, this is the date he likes. Uh, um, this is the Dunkirk date. This is also the Dark Knight date. I think, I think that's what started it. His Dark Knight success. Oh, wait, Dark Knight also, or the, what's the um, second one? You know, the Batman's better than me. The Dark, Dark Knight's the second one. Uh, don't say that so condescendingly. No, I'm, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, was it? Yeah, I think Dark Batman Knight was like, Begins. The, yeah, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. And then the Dark Knight Rises is the third one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Tenet was also supposed to come out on this date, if you recall. I do recall. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my uh, favorite... Well, like, like the best part of a new Christopher Nolan movie are all the people on the internet ranking all his old movies. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Which reminds me, uh, <laughs> I, I should do that again. I'll have to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should do that. Next week, uh, we'll have to do an Oppenheimer special. Or maybe we just should, should just do a Nolan Oppenheimer special regardless. I think we should do a, a review special. All by itself. And then the opening of our next Tenet Men episode, we'll do our rankings. Got Does it. that sound I good? Like yeah. It. That sounds great. Um, anyway, but I like all the people doing the rankings. Uh, Tenet is not high on anyone's list. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if that was the bridge too far, right? And <laughs> Yeah, the, I think the, so, right? <laughs> the one we chose to base our entire podcast around. <laughs> right. This is the one. I, you know... Is it his worst movie? I don't know. It's not. I, his I best. have not seen Insomnia, so I could never. <laughs> I could never do a full before, ranking. Okay. Yeah. Was there was there a movie before Memento? There was, right? No, um. Yeah, like his student film, or oh, okay. Not like, okay. like he had money. He came from money, so he it was not a like short or anything. But it is a. Um, I've I've heard good things about it. the following. I think it's called. Okay. Well, I think we should, uh, you should watch Insomnia. I should rewatch it because I saw it once, but I, I need to rewatch it. Um, and then we should, yeah, we should do a proper ranking. Yeah, I should really knuckle down. I do kind of like having one that I haven't seen. I don't know why that is. It's just 
it's the anti-completist mentality. I'm just thinking about it. I, I mean, I might not rank Tenet the worst. Dark Knight Rises might be worse. Yeah, I think the Batmans are probably really low on my list usually. Um, at least two of them. Um, What's the other one? Oh, you didn't like the first one. I don't like the first and third one. Um, yeah. But that, I'm with you. That third one has more problems than that first one. I, I kind of like the first one. Uh, the third one's bad. I mean, like, and there's good stuff to it, but it's mostly bad. Yeah. And I think it's better to just, if you're doing a rewatch, watch the first two and just leave it on that note. It's just like the, you know, the Joker saying, oh, we're going to do this forever. And then just like your yeah. imagination is better than any sequel of that can. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can leave that. Uh, the en- the ending to that, the ending to Dark Knight is just epic. Because uh, actually it ends with uh, Gary Oldman given like a speech about oh, you know, yeah. the hero the hero we need or the hero we deserve or not the hero we need or something. Yeah. There's like a philosophical discussion to that one. Yeah. That is definitely yeah. missing in the third one. Oh um, yeah. The third one's just, uh, Bane who I, and I really like Bane as a bad guy. And I like, <laughs> I like Tom Hardy as Bane, but that's, that's really the only positive in that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- there's, there might be other good stuff. There's good action in it. There's good visuals, but yeah, yeah. like it, the, it feels like the heart is not in it. I feel like Nolan was like, am I done with these? Can I just do interstellar? What's the next, what's the one after interstellar um, then Dunkirk. interstellar. Yeah. yeah. Then Dunkirk. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I have to make another one of these. So you give me like another <laughs> unlimited budget. Fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Enough all right. of that. Enough. Yes. Uh, stay tuned for our special mm-hmm. Oppenheimer episode. But aside from that, we are on episode 68 of 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm at minute next, marker. Next week's, one of, next week's a special episode. <laughs> one oh, I'm at minute marker 107 to 108. And you're at like one fifteen to one sixteen or something one, like that. One six one sixteen twenty one to one wait, one seventeen twenty one. I forgot which way I'm going. <laughs> so after today, there will officially be less than ten minutes left of this film to cover. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I have no dialogue uh, which, in my scene. None. I'm just gonna nothing, be describing scenes to you. I have mostly dialogue in my scene, so uh, maybe yeah. a, maybe a shorter episode, folks. We're going to give you some time back in your day, as people at work always like to tell me. Yeah, I should do. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to I, list I, all the overused phrases in the corporate world. <laughs> I'm giving you five yeah, minutes of your day back. It's like no, no, you're not, because I still have to work. It's not like I get yeah. to go fishing right now. <laughs> I know, I know. It's uh. It's one of my least favorite things, but also you anyway. just gave me five things to do in this meeting. Yeah, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm kicking off here. 107.21 to 108.21. Last week, um, the protagonist got caught peeping out the window at the whole capsule thing. Um, a dude got murdered with a gold brick. And... Uh, Sater and the protagonist started talking as the protagonist is being held by some of the goons. He got, he got roughed up a little bit. He's got like, you know, hit in the stomach, punched in the face, got a little blood on his face. So um, 
this is the interesting go. part about where we're at is that like this is the most forgotten part of the movie like some of the stuff you're talking about and like there's some stuff i was watching re-watching going oh i forgot there's like these weird characters in the car chase scene i did i for, i didn't know about <laughs> like it's there's like it go, there are so yeah so much happens at the end and so much happens at the beginning that you have to wrap your mind around i forgot about some of these little things as many times like, have i seen it <laughs> there's good like little nuggets of dialogue but everything and we've said it a million times everything in this movie happens so fast that it's like actually a little hard to appreciate some of the little good nuggets of dialogue that are here because there's just too much in this movie. Too much movie. Yeah. Right. So like, like this line, the line that we left off with and that we'll pick up with again is you wouldn't do business with someone who wasn't savvy enough to be recruited. Like that's actually a pretty clever line. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like why, why Seder and the protagonist would make a deal in the first place. Right. But like, we don't ever really expand on it. Right. Like that's it. It's just put out there and Actually, and a, and a, critis, a, a criticism of dialogue in this movie uh, that I'll, I'll, I'll make anyway is like someone will say something and the response to that is not necessarily like a natural response to that. And, and I, I don't know if that's a dis- thing. As we discovered last time, like sometimes they edit out stuff that would make it right. make sense. But either they're trying to make – they're trying to keep it shorter or like yeah. it doesn't matter. It's an aesthetic the movie yeah. is an aesthetic, you know, you know, the good guy's the good guy and the bad guy's the bad guy and the movie's going to happen. So what does it matter what they say to each other? <laughs> right. I think like what happened, like, you know, they, they write the dialogue or, you know, Nolan writes the dialogue with, with, with whoever and stuff. And like, it makes all sense when they mm-hmm. do it, but then like they get closer to it and they start taking things for granted. Right. This happens like, this is, this is communication basic type stuff, right? You take stuff for granted because you know more than what the people who don't know, don't know. And you can, you feel like you can start cutting dialogue out because like, Oh, we don't need to say that everyone knows that, but no, only, you know, that the rest of the audience doesn't. And I feel like that's what's happened here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And they'll move stuff out of order too. Right. Um, the magic so anyway. of editing. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so you wouldn't do business with someone who wasn't savvy enough to be recruited. And then he goes on, hell, the CIA provides two thirds of the market for fissile material. And uh, Sater responds with, they're usually buying, not selling. And then this is fun. Uh, but we do live in a twilight world. Oh. So like now I have a lot of, I actually have a lot of questions <laughs> about this line, right? Uh, because that's like, that's not a that's, tenant line. That's his old catchphrase, right? That's the CIA thing. That's like the yeah. CIA is because he. I think we're assuming he was CIA, and like that was their code for, like, uh, for for identifying who else was in on the on the mission, right? Yeah, he was like that was like pre recruitment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now Sater knows this which means he had the inside track on the CIA's mission in at the opera house, which maybe, right? Um, or I can't he got even from, remember. He could have gotten it from torturing that other guy. That's possible, yeah. That's yeah. also very possible. Um, but, like, why say this back to the protagonist? Is he testing him? Yeah. Or he is testing with him. him. Yeah. He's testing him. He and knows so, something's like, how... up. He just can't figure it out. 
And like, how is the protagonist supposed to respond to that test, right? Here's how he actually responds. He says, is that Whitman? Pretty. Um, <laughs> like, and so like he, he kind of jokingly acknowledges it, which is like, mm-hmm. is that like, but not, not explicitly acknowledging it. So like, does he pass the test? Whatever test that it was that, I don't know. I guess it's like really cute banter if you don't think about it. But if you do think about it, it's like, wait a second. You both are messing mm. up big time because <laughs> Seder's showing some cards and the protagonist is like making a joke of it. Yeah. Hmm. It's, I might be overthinking this a lot. I, I, I think Seder knows this. That like he wouldn't have said that line if he wasn't. Pretty sure that that would either trigger the protagonist or just throw him off, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. We were not going to spend too much time on that. Uh, Seder says, uh, he doesn't find it funny. He says <laughs> next, next warnings, a bullet in the brain and mm-hmm. the protagonist doesn't let up. He's no balls in my throat, which is a nice little throwback <laughs> to, uh, yeah, I forgot about the, that. <laughs> uh, the balls and throat threat from, uh, only like 10 minutes ago. And, uh, Seder says now Seder's he's done. He's just like, there will be no time for such things. And then there's a little gap, a little pause. And he says, in Talon. Okay. And that's like the signal, right? So there's will be no such time. There will be no time for such things in Talon, right? And then the goons let go of the protagonist. Like that's the that's the signal that like we're still partners. We're still gonna work together on this mission. Um, hmm. and he keeps going on to say, You will you make your way there. I want Volkov on your team. So protagonist says no. Uh, the goons start walking away. They let go of him. He starts trying to stand up. He's in a little bit of pain from being roughed up. He says, I spring the material. You pay me off. Your wife does the exchange. Sater says, I never involve her in my business. Protagonist says, yeah, that's why I trust her. Oh. And uh, that's it. Sater doesn't really fight back after that. He just says, put him ashore. Ashore. Protagonist says, how do I contact you? Now, here's something a little interesting, just visually. Um, he says, how do I contact you? But he's saying that we don't see him saying that. He's off screen. Seder is like working on the capsule and he pulls off a piece of paper. And like, I can't make out what's there, but there's like, you know, there's there's obviously something like kind of important or interesting in the capsule right now that Seder is like messing around with. And there's like a book like tied to like the lid of the of the capsule and i just going through this you know second by second i'm wondering like what else is in there (laughs) yeah like is that the message he's leaving for his past self it feels like maybe it's instructions on how to assemble the the algorithm oh okay does it need instructions (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it's you know the the nine we have no idea how it works (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right yeah like just it gets us no no probably uh you can't just assemble the thing and it starts working maybe you got to do something first there are two promises that we get in this movie that are not paid off <laughs> one is balls in somebody's throat <laughs> <laughs> and the other is the algorithm going off yeah i mean well that's yeah do we, that, is that a promise that's not a promise that's a threat it's but actually, threat. they're both they're both threats. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example. Usually in a movie, like you have like the bomb that's about to go off or something. That's the bomb that didn't go off. It's a bomb that didn't go off. Yeah. (laughs) Very climactic. Uh, (laughs) Not how Oppenheimer ends, I bet. (laughs) Uh, No, it's the friends we made along the way. It's... Um, anyway, so there's some cool stuff in the capsule. Don't really know what it is. Uh, protagonist said, how do I contact you? Sater says, you don't. Protagonist says, how do you advance me the funds? Sater picks up explicitly the bloody, (laughs) the bloody gold bar (laughs) that he murdered a dude with. And he tosses it to the protagonist and the protagonist misses the catch. (laughs) Um, and Sater now Sater's now Sater makes jokes. Uh, Handle the plutonium better than that. <laughs> mm. uh, the protagonist picks it up and they start walking in different directions. And that's the end of my minute. Oh, wow. A lot, of, a lot of diary. I was having trouble keeping up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can hear the pages turning. <laughs> I know. I was trying to find all this stuff. Did or Was there things in the script that are not in the movie? I'm looking through. So I, last time it was the... Um... Uh, do I work for intelligence services? Several, just like you. That's not in there at all. That's not and in then, there yet. We talked yeah. about that last week. Uh, balls to the throats in there. <laughs> just going through. <laughs> no, I. Yep, the wife does business. Uh, dance the funds. Bloody gold bar. And then that's it. Yeah, no, that's exactly word for word perfect uh, what you described. It took me a while to find that. I, it's so close to where I am. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's crazy that we're that close to each other script wise. We're 10 minutes apart, but it seems like miles in the movie. <laughs> I, so my next, uh, actually, I don't even know what my next scene is, but I imagine it's setting up the car chase, right? It is. We're going <laughs> to, do you know what I'm waiting for? I want like the, like the scene where like the fire truck is getting on the highway and the music gets really intense. That's my next minute. <laughs> that's your next minute. Damn it. That's I was hoping minute. I would do that. Oh, I had wild. to go. I had to go back to piece together some of the moving parts to the car chase that I had forgotten about, like how they do the pincer maneuver and they trap it and figuring out how this doesn't work. It has something to do with their, they're going to cut off all the radio signals to the team that's moving the item. And then they like just smash all the cars together with four different vehicles (laughs) and hold them together as they continue to move down. They have to keep moving. It's a big part of the the plan. (laughs) We, we talk about pincer uh, every week. It's in our intro temporal pincer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of the movie. Can you, as a, as an ex-military man, can you just tell us all again what what is like what is a normal pincer movement? I've never there is no pincer movement. That's not one of the eight battle drills I was trained in. Um, oh, really? If you give me a moment, I might remember all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You don't have to. So pincer. Oh, so is pincer no. not like even a real military I believe- tactic? I thought it no, was. No, not that I not that I'm aware. I mean, envelopment is what we would call it. You want to envelop the enemy. You want to surround the enemy. I mean, that goes back to, you know, beyond Alexander the Great. Um, 
I thought yeah, that's the oh, term man, I'm, I'm aware of. But I mean, maybe I could be wrong. I was a grunt, so I, I was limited in my knowledge. A pincer I, movement is a movement by two separate bodies of troops converging on the enemy. So it okay. sounds like the same thing that you just said. Yeah, maybe I just use a different word for it. Um, oh, okay. So Wikipedia, pincer movement or double envelopment. Double envelopment. Is a mili- that's what, yeah. Military maneuver <laughs> in which forces simultaneously attack both flanks of an enemy formation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, temporal pincer. Uh, it's like it's like playing 3D chess. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the thing I have to get around in the script is there's like so this instead of just having two sides, there's four sides to that maneuver when you're on the highway, right? Because they have to keep them from shifting lanes too. So in the script, there's like there's um, you know there's the blue team, there's the red team, but then like in the highway scene, they also make mention of a yellow team. And another color, I don't, I have to, I have to read through the scripts because it's not in my minute now. That's why I'm not prepared for it. But, um, who makes mention of the yellow team? It's in the script and it's just in the notes. It's like, there's a blue team and a yellow team member sitting next to each other in one car. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yellow team is, uh, (laughs) is Ives yellow? No, uh, it's an unnamed character. Okay. Well, now I'm curious, like I'm trying to think, like, is there any, like, I want to find some, some yellow on some soldiers. I'll, I'll get to the bottom. I saw it in the script today when I was trying to make heads or tails of something. And I was like, yellow, the yellow co-pilot does the same in the, the blue co-pilot tosses a die. There's also die packs involved in the script that are not in the movie. So, uh, yeah. Okay. This happens. This is the show. This is the um, stage direction just before my, my minute starts uh, and my minutes all action. So there's not much, but I'll read it here. Blue co-pilot tosses a die pack onto the windshield of the SUV. It blasts across the glass, obscuring the view. Yellow co-pilot does the same in the front of the guards are that are now blind, cannot open doors or shoot through the bulletproof vehicles. Inside, the red co-pilot operates the ladder controls. So I, I don't know what all these different colors mean. I don't understand what's going on at all in the script. So there's a red and yellow team. God knows what the hell they're doing. Wow. There's only two directions of entropy, as far as I know. Um, no, maybe maybe entropy can get quantum. <laughs> there's an uh, infinite amount of right? options. Right, because like, maybe the yellow team... I, I switched halfway through or something. I, I don't, I'll get to the bottom of it tomorrow. I was just so it, it's, it's throughout this, this part of the script. So I have to read the script by itself as its own thing, because some of this didn't make it into the movie. <laughs> All right. But well, okay. We're starting right after that stage direction, but our protagonist is on the ladder uh, on the, the, the fire truck. It's a, it's, it's my favorite type of fire truck, which is the, it's the one with the um, the hinge point in the middle, and there's a yeah. guy in the back with the big the big <laughs> steering wheel that it's has the best, to turn. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, uh, I love seeing those in cities. It's so cool. Um, all right, so he lies down, and then you get an overhead shot of the ladder swinging over the armored car that's transporting the nuclear material. Um, once he's over the teeth. The, the protagonist, 
um, unfolds something from a triangle into a square, some sort of explosive device that I've never seen a duplicate of before, arms it with two pins, um, and then we're moving very fast. So uh, <laughs> I'm describing each individual shot here. I have a note of. So <laughs> sets it, arms it, and then we cut back to the overhead and we see it swinging back and then a very small explosion and then he starts swinging back over it. Uh, we get, um, this is a really cool shot that I want to make a note of. Um, we see Neil's perspective as if we were sitting where Neil was sitting in the car, looking at the back of the um, fire truck on the left-hand side, the nuclear truck in the middle, and the three other cars that are holding it in place. And you can see Neil's eyes perfectly in the rear view mirror. Hmm. I, I just thought, wow, that's it, it's for, it's for one second. I haven't noted in my, <laughs> that the, the only time we see that shot, it's for one second of movie time and it's very well done. And you never <laughs> go back to that perspective again. It's amazing how many shots are just, um, uh, kind of thrown away uh, really <laughs> quickly because in the next second we see uh, the protagonist jump straight down the hole mm -hmm. and that only lasts two seconds and then we're inside the the belly of the armored car with him um, no tr no no guards in there it's just a completely empty uh, back of a truck with a safe um, he has trouble getting his bearings on the moving vehicle. Um, and then he goes up and starts setting the charge on the safe. And then we look at the back of Neil's car, the BMW. Uh, another good shot here. You see the back of the BMW. Then you see all the other cars all going. They must have just had cameras in all these cars to get all these different mm -hmm. perspectives. And then... Uh, beautifully the camera starts kind of pulling away from the back of the bmw and on the right hand side you see um the police car edge into frame <laughs> and then you see um uh, uh we're we're not in the vehicle with neil like we were before we're now looking at neil's face driving the car and he looks into the rear view mirror behind him uh and we assume he's noticing uh, the police car. Um, now we're back inside <laughs> the uh, nuclear truck and the protagonist is uh, laying wire from the charge all the way to the back of it where he's going to like hide for the explosion. Uh, then we cut to inside the police vehicle. This is the first time we meet a character I mentioned on my last minute whose name we know from his name tag is a Ville, um, who's just kind of like, he's like looking at these four or five vehicles that are all smushed together, that some of them are breaking. Some of them are pushing. Some of them are squishing and like spokes coming out because the vehicle in the center is trying to break, but the one behind it is pushing it forward. <laughs> Yeah. To keep it because they have to keep it moving is uh, something we'll uh, figure out as part of the uh, plot. Um, and he's just kind of like, huh, what, what, what? he's like going to the guy next to him. He's like, you see, you see this, you see this? 
what is this? I never seen this. <laughs> Seems like we should pull these guys over or something. <laughs> uh, and then we're back inside the nuclear truck with the protagonist and the bomb goes off or that that blows the safe, the charge that blows the safe. And that starts the minute I previously discussed in my last uh, in our last episode. That's probably a pretty safe way to get some plutonium out of a of a locked door, right? <laughs> Blow it up. It's amazing. Like nothing how, can go wrong there. How fast all that moves. <laughs> when I was watching, I was like, this all happens in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you probably would have some like guards back there too, right? Uh, yeah, I, I I would have thought it would be, it would have been a very comic book thing if like he dropped down. And then there were four guards just waiting to like that he has to like beat up or negotiate with. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just empty. (laughs) Yeah. The most boring thing. (laughs) Oh man. Like if Volkov was waiting for him down there. (laughs) (laughs) An inverted Volkov. (laughs) Was the, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but like, was the plan for Seder always to like hijack the protagonist mid mission and get the, get the, get the last piece that way. Oh, that's a freaking great question. Who's moving like, it. Who's moving what? The, 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 the device. It's some government agency, but like they never talked about like how, how the protagonist was going to logistically give Seder the, the plutonium right so like was Seder's plan always to just like hijack the end of the mission and take it i guess so potentially... he, can't, he can't trust yeah. him to actually give it to him right exactly so yeah because in your minute they're setting up that he's gonna steal it and then do the drop and sell it to him right but then Seder just doesn't obviously from the conversation he doesn't trust the protagonist at all but he knows the protagonist actually wants it too but he because he he's really negotiating for the information and then they both have to steal it well i think he's setting up the protagonist to do the heavy lift and then Seder just just gets it easily after the protagonist does it and then he doesn't have to pay him anyway it's like a drug deal gone bad you know it's a yeah Oh, this is really complicated because we see the same device earlier in the film and then it winds how I don't know how it winds up here. Ukrainian security forces got it or something. Right. Like neither the CIA or nor Seder's group ended up with control of it at the end of the mission. Like Ukrainian right. security forces got it and they were the ones transporting it. Hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we got to the bottom of all this on uh, episode 68. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we did it. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Get that banner up. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Tenant Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, and I'm sure you have, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever service you found us on. And rest assured... We will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends. Mm-hmm.